0: Hello, you're listening to Wolves Weekly on Wolves Radio with me, Gemma Frith, and as always, Mikey Burrows is here as well. It has been a winning weekend for Wolves, Mikey. We've got lots to talk about, starting with the derby on Saturday. But firstly, how have you been over these past few days?
1: Uh, I have been in a great mood, <laughs> as I think everybody from a golden black persuasion would be, because let's face it, whether you live in Technol, just up the road from (laughs) Molyneux, or whether you live halfway around the world, it is still great to be not your nearest rivals, it's not the derby, Mm -hmm. really, but it's still a big derby. And it's had a little kind of added edge in the last couple of years, kind of dating back to the championship and the whole Mind the Gap thing and stuff. And uh, that gap has got even bigger uh, in the (laughs) Premier League table. Uh, So lovely times
0: yeah very very good I think there was lots of people going home happy on Saturday and the derby double as well doing it twice in one season that really means a lot doesn't it great result and a great game I mean it got a little bit nervy towards the end and I'll be honest Mikey I wasn't really um celebrating or enjoying the match until the whistle went I I was really I was worried about you know obviously we were two nil up in the Leeds game. And then that obviously unfortunately changed quite drastically. We were 2-0 down in the reverse fixture against Villa and then came back to win it. You never know how these games are going to go. And when they got the penalty, I was really, <laughs> I was getting really nervous, but we held on and we got all three points. So yeah, a really, really special afternoon.
1: Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Look, like people who've watched Wolves a lot longer than us. And obviously, you know, I've, I've been around the club working now for what, 14 years. Um always say you know they always find a way to to do it the hard way so if, <laughs> if they can inject a bit of jeopardy into it they will no matter what era we're in that's Wolverhampton Wanderers yeah and and they managed to do that in a game where to be honest I had other people in the meet in the radio part of the press box coming up to me at half time and saying is that the best they played all year for that first 45 minutes because they destroyed Villa, hmm. absolutely destroyed them. I mean, and I kept saying on commentary, Villa cannot be as bad second half, and you kind of it makes you question how bad were Villa or how good were Wolves. Yeah, and we will only know the answer to that in maybe you know a couple more games if this is a real turnaround and, and pick up in form. Because obviously we were really good against Leeds for the first 45 minutes. And with 11 men, we probably would have gone on to win that game comfortably. So it's hard to kind of judge where we are right now, but there's some really exciting stuff in there. And players came in, grasped the opportunity they were given with the likes of Ruben Neves and Raul Jimenez not being available. And it was, it, I say, I, I don't think I've smiled as much at half time <laughs> in a game. It should have been 5-0. Yeah. Should have been 5 they had they had the chances yeah Yeah. all over them gem and again it kind of harks back at you probably remember this like those first couple of games of the season Mm -hmm. when we didn't actually score but we were really exciting to watch feels like we're getting back to that a little bit i don't know about you
0: yeah, I think we've come back from the international break. We're refreshed. We're into this final push now for the rest of the season. There's seven games left. Um, and we're seeing some really, really strong signs. And we saw those strong signs at Leeds. You're right, you know, it wasn't a, a horrendous performance. And unfortunately, you know, once the red card happened, things didn't go our way. And we'll, we'll forget about that that evening at Molyneux. But we're seeing those strong signs again. And great performances from players, as you said. I mean, some people would have said, you know, that it might be a struggle without Ruben Neves, you know, until May. And with with him Jimenez gone for two games, well on his too much ban you know it, 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 could, it could have been you know two two big players for Wolves it could have been a different story but it wasn't and an everyone mm. stepped up Fabio performed very well one of his best of the season Tendonka was great in midfield as well and I think that's going to give the team a, a lot of confidence going into Newcastle now and we're still going to be back without row, but knowing it just sort of how well we did um, with the team that we have. And you know, there's still so many options. I mean, Pedro Neto might you know, he he came on off the bench, he's had a cut sort of a knock and hasn't been starting, but he could be starting potentially the next few games. Nelson Sumado's been out. We we haven't had an update on when we're going to expect him back. But I mean Two and two for Johnny as well. well he's been absolutely incredible, yeah. and you know I think he's been he's been great since his return from injury. So you know I think there was a lot of sort of doom and gloom when when it was announced that Ruben was going to be out until May. But you know I, I think that we've got a really strong team, and it's and it's really exciting time at the moment.
1: Yeah, and credit to Leander Dendonca, who I Ooh. thought was really really good in that game. Um, you mentioned Fabio Silva, though. I think it is worth. Kind of touching on and talking about him a little bit just yeah. because if you remember when raul got sent off at man city and we went to brighton fabio didn't start we actually kind of went with a you know the false nine daniel parence kind of playing through the middle and and that probably knocked his confidence a little bit the mm-hmm. fact that you are the backup striker the main guy wasn't there and you still didn't get picked and we know that bruno has talked about some of the young players and needing to step up their attitudes and their work rates and things and force their way in, and then take the opportunity when it is provided to them. And I got to be honest, I thought Fabio was absolutely superb. He produced, he made the goalkeeper work in that one in the first half when he made Tyrone Mings, who let's not forget is is an England defender. Mm. He made him look silly, <laughs> and then he you know he outmuscled. Matty Cash and a few others in the second half and curled one that Emmy Martinez tipped over the crossbar. Yeah, it, it was a really good all-round performance from him. He is, and we had this conversation, Jem. Uh, and actually, I'm really interested in your thoughts on it because you watch a lot of football as well. And I asked this to Tomo and Lee mm-hmm. Naylor um, in the post-match thing because I did a, a, a dinner a few years ago pre-COVID with Chris Coleman, mm-hmm. and he talked about you. On he said when he was coming through, they told him you're not a proper player until you've played 100 games. And I asked this to the guys, and it was really interesting because mm. nobody could really come up with a definitive answer as to when they thought they they were proper players. That was, what, Fabio's 50th Premier League game? Was and it? Lot, okay,
0: yeah, I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah, and a lot of them, you know, will have been short, substitute appearances. Mm. So it's almost that kind of thing of, he's been at the club now for approaching two seasons, he's clearly developing physically... The question I guess we all now ask is is when is he a legitimate, all-rounded Premier League player? That's a hard question to answer, right?
0: It is, yeah. I mean, I think it's something that we spoke about a lot last season when he was sort of thrown into the into into the limelight and into starting positions a lot earlier than perhaps was planned for him when we first um first bought him and he became a wolves player, um, but I think his his development has really accelerated. I think that in that time last year, getting a lot more opportunities to play the Premier League than perhaps was originally sort of planned for him, sort of meant that he got the got to sort of like you mean. You always hear when the players sort of come to Wolves or, or they, or they start in the Premier League that there's such a huge difference in sort of physicality and the way that they, people play in the Premier Leagues compared to other leagues in Europe, but it takes a little bit of time to adjust. There's somebody who was just 17, 18 years old coming in, learning that firsthand and also still very early in his career and still got a lot of development to do himself. Like he did a lot of, a lot of learning in a short period of time and he's building upon that now this season and we're seeing... Um, you know, huge improvements on what he was this time last year. And, you know, he's still so young. Is he like, what, 18? I'm not sure if he's his 19th birthday. yet. Yeah. He's, he's 19 he's now. 20 there we in go. the summer. 20 in the summer. I mean, he's so young. And the fact that we can sort of start him in place of, a, a, you know, Raul Jimenez, who, of course, you know, Raul is an, an incredible player with a huge amount of experience. But the fact that he can step into those shoes at times when it's needed is huge credit to him. And I think you're right in saying that he was only on his 50th Premier League game, you know, say, say that the, say that the hundred game mark is the sort of the mark of becoming a, a a player that that knows how things work. If he's sort of halfway to that already and he's at the level that he is now, if he can have a bit more consistency and, and, and he can keep that up and get more minutes and more game time, then yeah, he's going to be a phenomenal player. And it's, um, it's just really exciting to sort of, to see him developing before our eyes really. So yeah, fan of Fabio and, um, I'm really pleased with what he, what he did on Saturday. Um, before we look ahead to Newcastle and a couple of games were coming up this month, just touch on the penalty incident, Mikey. Um, it split opinion a little bit. It, you know, some people thought that it was it was fair. Some people didn't quite understand why the decision was given. Bruno himself said that he didn't agree with the referee. What were your thoughts on the on the decision?
1: I, I think, uh, do you know, on first viewing, I I thought penalty to be okay. honest with you, and and. My general take on this a lot of the time is if that happened at the other end, would I be screaming for a penalty? And I think I would. But I do take on board kind of the the rules point of view in that that Watkins does get to the ball first, but is Jose Sarr there to take him out? and i actually did the referee's course a long time ago Chairman. it was when i was like 14 and i had a broken arm <laughs> and i couldn't play football so i ended up going on the referee's course cuz you know i had uh, one of my uh, one of my uncles actually ran the line was an assistant referee they call them these oh, days is not it in, in the premier league like way back in the day um uh, in the top levels way back in the day. I don't think he made the Premier League, but you know, he, probably, <laughs> he probably claimed he did back in the day. Um, but anyway, and so, you know, I had an interest in it. And there is an element of, basically, you can make an argument to say it's it's not a penalty, it's an indirect free kick because it's obstruction. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't see that given anymore these days. And mm. so, you know, the I can see why it was given. I can also see why people complain about it. I obviously had a big problem with the Raul Jimenez second yellow card yeah. against Leeds in a slightly similar scenario, whereby the player who gets to the ball initiates the contact. In that case, it was the Leeds goalkeeper, Elan Mellier Melier, but two players going in, one player kind of slows down, the player who gets the ball follows through and collides. And from Wolves' point of view... There is, I think, a sense of injustice that on that occasion, it was the player who was trying to pull back. That Well, in both cases, the player who tried to pull back got penalised. And you look at it and you kind of go, I don't know, what, what can Jose Sarr do any differently? What can Raul Jimenez have done any differently in his one? I don't think there's a conspiracy against Wolves. I do, I do have a list of, of issues that we've had in the last year. I keep a list, as you know, of all these kind of different things to try and track what's going on in terms of VAR and refereeing decisions and whether they balance themselves out across the course of the season. I'm not necessarily sure they do. But, I, I again, I, I don't know about you. I just understand why the penalty was given. Yeah. It felt harsh. But if it was at the other end, I'd have been screaming for it.
0: Yeah, and and I kind of what, I, what you find with these things is because it didn't affect the result for us in the end, the sort of... Um, the the conversation around that penalty dies off a little bit because you know it 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 didn't it didn't have an impact in the end you know it was a nervous few minutes at the end but we still won and 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 you know and 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 that's the end of it but i think you do find sometimes with these decisions um if it's something that people disagree with and then it ends up impacting on the result (laughs) then we get a lot more discussion in the following days uh, particularly from you know pundits match of the day that kind of thing but that hasn't happened because we still won so
1: by the way, I've just looked up my list as well, and it's not oh, even no. in my top three of the worst penalties given against us this season. Oh, you, can go, no. you, can, you can go right back to the Spurs game for the Delhi Alley one, where Delhi Alley knocks the ball past Jose Sarr and basically kicks his leg out to initiate contact that was supposed to have been ruled out this season. Mm. VAR obviously looked at it decided to allow the penalty. That should not have been allowed. Then you had the soft penalty at Leeds, where Joe Gellhart threw himself to the floor with the faintest of touches from Nelson Samedo in the last minute for Leeds to get the equaliser. And then, of course, the penalty against Jean Moutinho at Man City, where they said it hit his arm. It didn't. It didn't, it hit him in yeah. It It did not. It, in no way that possible could me. that have been a penalty, yeah. yeah. And so that's why, as I say, it's not even in my top three of the worst <laughs> penalties given against us this season, and that probably says a lot in itself.
0: Yeah, there's been there's been some decisions. Actually, I, I blocked a lot of those out of my mind. When you sort of like ask me to cast to cast my mind back, I'm like, oh, I can't really think, but it's because I think I've blocked them out because I think they made me quite annoyed at the time. That Man City game in particular, I think. Try to forget about a lot of the decisions that were made in that game. Um, So yes, but you know, onwards and upwards, we've got all three points, and now we're looking ahead to our sort of, well, basically our our fixtures until the end of the season now, you know, it's not long away at all, This month we've got Newcastle this Friday, the Friday evening game. Then we've got Burnley. Then we've got Brighton back at home. Now we always say there's no easy games in the Premier League, but compared to some of the the runs of fixtures that we've had over the last couple of months, it looks it's looking pretty good for us now if we can sort of keep up the keep up the performances that we saw. But you know it's. It's difficult. You can never, you can never predict what's going to happen in the Premier League. Newcastle, they're on a difficult run of results at the moment—three losses in a row—and of course that five-one defeat to Spurs on Sunday, which was a, a, a painful watch, I'm sure, for any uh, Newcastle fans. They're going to be coming into Friday looking for a win, you know, reversing that, keeping themselves well away from that relegation battle at the bottom of the table. At the moment, they've created a nice little gap, but they don't want to slip back down there. So they're going to be looking for points, and it's going to be a tough match. I mean, we're unbeaten against Newcastle um, since promotion. We've you know, broken that one-all curse that we've seen over, over several <laughs> yeah. years, where we couldn't get any other result other than a one-all. Having that two-one win earlier uh, back in October with. Uh, two goals from Hechan, Chan. Um, perhaps it could be another time for us to see some more Hechan Chan goals this this Friday.
1: Yeah, you hope so. I mean, we now have, as you mentioned with Pedro Neto, we now have options, don't we? Yeah. And, and that's a, a thing that we didn't have for a period of the season. So, yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see uh, what Bruno does, whether he tinkers with it again. I mean... Yeah, there was a lot of kind of, I guess, raised eyebrows at the start of the game at the weekend when you saw Marcel coming back in for Aitnori because Aitnori tends to play in the home matches Uh because he's a little bit more attacking. Obviously, Maximilian Kilman came in for Romain Saïs. And, Uh you know, I know Romain had come back a little bit late from international duty. He won the last back, I guess, wasn't he? And he had one of the furthest to travel as well. Uh And I think you were saying to me that he was kind of a bit battered and bruised from <laughs> yeah. his, his time away as well. So that might explain why he didn't play. But, you know, that gives Bruno some some interesting options mm. to try and pick from. Newcastle and Brighton, have get, they've got a, enough of a gap, I would suggest, now yeah. to the bottom three. The likelihood of those teams catching them, pretty slim. So, you know, are they in a position that we found ourselves in last year where you haven't got a great deal to play for? And we can go there and get results because we now know that, you know, with this little run of fixtures, we know it's tough in May, right? We know we've got some horrible games, but we could put ourselves right in amongst the mix to really annoy a few people and have some kind of potential six pointers in terms of the European places in May. What a month that could be, but we'll only get that if we get the results now. Yeah. So that's the focus. Get these wins and set up an absolute blockbuster finish.
0: Yeah, April was a big, big month for us now. We've got to get some points from these if we want to see ourselves in contention for those races for Europe uh, at, You know, in, in May when it comes around. So... We'll have to wait and see what happens Friday night at Newcastle. If anyone's traveling up there, it's going to be a long journey back for us (laughs) in the early hours of the morning, but hopefully it'll be all worth it. And it'll be a really exciting night under the lights at St. James's park. Um, Reflecting back to last weekend, Mikey, it wasn't just the first team that got a win. Wolves women also won at the weekend, a 2-1 victory thanks to a brace from Maz Gauntlet. I was there and it was a really, really special afternoon. And it was a great turnout as well at the the CKW Stadium down in Castlecroft. We had Swedish Wolves in attendance who had been uh, in in Wolverhampton for the Villa game and then decided to pay a visit to the women's game as well. And they were singing from start to finish. I think they cleared out most of the bar, <laughs> they, were, they were on top form, they had their flag, they all had t-shirts, they were, yeah, it was it was a really, really good atmosphere, it was a really fun afternoon, and of course getting a, getting a win as well, it was nervy at one point, you know, it was one all at half time, but then yeah, Maz secured the win in the second half, so um, very, very exciting for them, and for those who haven't been keeping track of where they are in the league, they've been top of the league table for the past few weeks now, and are now at a point where because they won on Sunday, and Derby and Fylde, who are the next two in contention for that um, top of the table spot, they played each other and Derby won, who have uh, slightly less games in hand on us. So we're now in a position where we need just one point. From the final four games to win the league this is the wolves women that were promoted into this tier in the summer they had to apply for upward movement to get themselves into this tier and they've won all their games bar one they're now about to win the league it is an absolutely phenomenal story and i really really cannot wait for for that for that moment it could be this sunday if they can get a draw or a win against sheffield united at the TKW stadium back at home again what a moment that would be to 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 win the league at home surrounded by all the fans on a on a, on a really special afternoon so i would absolutely um, encourage anybody I'm sure lots of you now by this point have been going to the Wolveswomen games the the attendance there the stand is almost full on, on, on last Sunday there's lots of people going down there now uh, it's actually really hard to get a parking space I don't know how recently you went Mikey but <laughs> the car park is getting filled up now if you arrive late so there's lots of lots of people trying to get down to see Wolveswomen but yeah what a moment it's going to be on Sunday if they can get a point against Sheffield United and win the league so get yourselves down there Season ticket. Holders, of course get into free as usual tickets are four pound on the gate and concessions are two pounds a huge huge afternoon and then they're going to be playing at Molyneux the following Wednesday as well so if they don't win the league on Sunday they're going to be at home at Molyneux, which would be I mean how special would that be winning the league at Molyneux. that would be absolutely incredible I mean uh, given their form and given the results they've had this season, I can't imagine them not getting a point on Sunday, but you never know. We, we were surprised when they went to Burnley. Um, so yeah, they've also got a big game at Molyneux, and that could be the first game as as, as title winners or it could be the, the moment where they've got to get that that final point. So you can also get your tickets for that one. The tickets are available on the Wolves website, 13th of April, 7.45pm against Bridgehouse Town. So there's so much coming up for them. Um, and it's just it's just so, so exciting. I mean, we've spoken to Maka quite a bit, Mikey, about um, how much he's worked over the past I mean, f- several years, but particularly yeah. within the last year, to get them to this point. And it just means so much to every single one of them. And I'm, I'm so proud of them to be in this position. And so, yeah, honoured to be a wolves in fan that we can, we can see this happen. We can witness it, uh, hopefully on Sunday or if not next Wednesday. Um, what a huge moment for them.
1: Well, yeah, and you're right to point out that it's been years in the making.
0: It really has, yeah.
1: Success does not come easy, and it takes an awful lot of hard work by an awful lot of people, the majority of whom, those who even go to watch matches, do not see the effort that they put in to prepare everybody. And we sometimes take for granted, because we see the Premier League players and they're in everyday training, a a lot of the women, they have jobs, they have mm. lives they are sometimes studying at the same time they give their commitment levels are on uh, another chapter that they have to put in and to be as consistent as they have not just for one season but for three now is is absolute testament to that hard work uh say dan gets the applaud it's because he's the man up front he's <laughs> the man who fronts up and does it all but as you well know there is a, a, a host of people behind the scenes who deserve an enormous amount of credit. And whether it happens this weekend, and we hope it will, and, and I'll be there as well, and I know you will be, to, to cheer them on for it, or whether it happens the following Wednesday at Molyneux or, or whenever it happens, it will be such an emotional occasion for all of them and well worth everybody making sure that they get there because, you know, what a story. What a yeah. story. It's a film that's waiting to be made.
0: <laughs> it really is. I mean, we've we've spoken quite a lot this season about how Macker has been really careful about getting ahead of himself. In interviews, he hasn't wanted to talk about the possibilities of winning the league, the possibilities of promotion, anything like that. He's been really careful just to focus on each game as it comes. And that's the mentality of uh, you know of everyone. They're, they're very humble. They're not getting ahead of themselves. They're just focusing on each match as it comes. Worried that that, that sort of that incredible run they were on for the, for the whole of the season until the Burnley game that it was going to come to an end at some point. And you know now that we're in a position where I think we can sort of safely say it's when, not if. You know, it's like they they they've done it now. They've put all the hard work in. They've got four games left, one point. It's just it's just exciting now, and we can really start to enjoy it and, and just sort of see when that when when that's going to happen. There's so many people, as you said, Mikey, working behind the scenes to make this happen. I mean. I might be wrong, but I think they only train once a week. The women, I think it's on Thursday evenings at Compton. They so they've got one one training session to prepare for each match. Which, if you put that into sort of perspective of how well they've done this season, and you said they're balancing jobs, it's just it's just absolutely amazing and and a, and a huge credit to them. They are all absolutely incredible individuals, and it's just a pleasure to watch them. So I'm I'm really really excited for them. And if we do, then when we do win the league. Uh, will then go into a promotion playoff. So this is what I think we might have spoken about it a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure. But with the the way that the league works, they're currently sat in the third tier. um, And then we are in the Northern Premier Division, but there's also a Southern Premier Division. So it's split so that we play the well, the Northern teams, and there's teams that play in the South as well. Um, At the moment, it's uh, Southampton and Ipswich that are in contention for the title in the Southern League. I think Southampton looking like they're going to take it. So if Wolves women... Uh, win the league, they'll be then playing in a playoff final against Southampton or Ipswich, whoever ends up being, to then get one promotion spot. So I mean, it feels it feels crazy. There's only one spot available to get into the championship, but that's what it's going to come down to. So a huge achievement to the, for them to win the league. But then I'll we'll be talking all about that promotion possibility. So um, promotion is not guaranteed at this point, and we'll, we'll cover that in the next few weeks when we get more details. And once that once that league title is confirmed, but yeah, a very very exciting few weeks ahead. and if you're not gonna if you haven't got any plans on Sunday or if you even have got plans on Sunday I would suggest cancelling them them. (laughs) getting down down to Castlecroft yeah it's going to be a really really special day for sure um but it's going to be a quite a special day for Wolves across the board I think on Sunday we've got a bit of a super Sunday ahead of us don't we Mikey with the under 23s as well in the Premier League Cup what can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah so the Premier League Cup it's a bit of a strange competition in many ways because it's kind of it runs alongside in a little group stage early on in the season and it kind of includes teams that are not necessarily category 1 academies which is the kind of top level so you have two divisions as pe- as people may or may not be aware in pre- what's called Premier League 2 and we play in division 2 of that we got relegated a couple of seasons ago but we were in the playoffs last year and we're doing really well again this year and this Premier League Cup competition just kind of was there in the background and then we got through the group stage and then we beat wigan last time out so we've set up a quarter final against peterborough at the western home stadium this sunday it's uh, again you know you keep winning that's the part of the the mantra isn't it it's part of the development of the young players is to to get the results now they had a bit of a disappointing result on friday night they lost away at nottingham forest um there was a few obviously Luke Kundal wasn't there to play because he was with the first team and a few other players that have featured in in recent weeks like Totti, uh, like Joaquinio, of course, were, were with the first team as well. Um, so they didn't quite look on their mark, but it brought to an end an amazing six-game winning streak mm. that they'd had in Premier League 2 Division 2. They're still well set to potentially be in the playoffs again uh, come the end of this season. So, you know, we talk about the business end of the campaign <laughs> we have the first team going for europe we have the women going for the title and possible promotion and we have the under 23s deep into a cup competition and looking likely hopefully fingers crossed to be in a playoff place for a promotion of their own and of course then you talk about the under 18s and their fa youth cup experts this year what a year it's been across the board
0: it really has. It's been it's been great at all levels. What a time to be a to be a Wolves fan. And the
1: women and the <laughs> women have there's a, there's a, with the women's reserves. Uh, oh yeah, final as well. So, wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and also the uh, I'm thinking of more things now. The women are also into the um, the county cup final in the 11th of May, which is a, a black country derby, as I think we've probably touched on before as well. So there's still so much to come in these next in these next two months. Lots of accolades to be won for for at all levels. So um yes, lots of exciting things. Going to I need
1: come. a new trophy cabinet this week. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I think I mean we've just about covered all of the success of Wolves in the past week in that that last half hour Um, but yes so much still to come get yourselves down to CKW Stadium on Sunday we'll see you at Newcastle on Friday night if you're making the journey up to James's Park and of course we'll also keep an eye on the Premier League Cup on Sunday as well for the under 23s so much going on and we'll be back next week to talk all about it